Hello everyone and welcome again to another episode of the Curious John podcast. This is your host, Onome. In this episode, I want to talk about the moral argument. The moral argument is one of the arguments for the existence of God. I have heard Christians, Jews and Muslims use the argument. And I think it can be used by uh, people of other religions as well, as long as you're trying to argue for the existence of a particular God. So what exactly is the moral argument? Uh, I'll try to give a brief summary of the argument and try to uh, talk about the point that the argument is trying to make. So the moral argument usually goes like this. Premise 1. If God does not exist, objective morality does not exist. Premise 2. Objective morality does exist. Premise 3. Therefore, God exists. Uh, first of all, I want to talk about uh, the definition of two words that uh, or two terms used in the argument. Uh, the first one is God. So, uh, when the theist uses the moral argument, uh, what they usually mean by God uh, is a being that transcends all of uh, humanity, uh, usually uh, a creator. And uh, when they talk about objective morality, they usually mean uh, morals that are not uh, based on human opinion. Um, that is morals that, w- that would exist if human beings don't even exist so they will to still remain right or wrong as long as human beings don't exist uh, so that is what the moral argument is and i'm going to talk about this scenario so that you can uh you can you can get exactly what the point of the argument is so i want you to imagine that you were raised up in a particular culture uh, let's say for the first 20 years of your life and in that culture uh, a certain action uh, is seen to be wrong. Let's say the intake of, of wine. Uh, you are raised up in a culture that sees drinking wine as something that is immoral and uh, uh, it is frowned upon. Now, you move to another country and, uh, of course, there's a different culture in that country. And in that new culture, uh, people are totally fine with drinking wine. They don't see it as anything that is immoral. 
and of course you try to maybe you try to talk to some of them that hey this thing that you guys are doing uh, is wrong you shouldn't be doing it and they just look at you like uh, they don't even they don't agree with you and they say oh, it's just your opinion uh, if you think drinking wine is wrong that's your opinion you don't you can't tell us that we should not drink wine so that is what the moral argument is trying to say they're basically they are, it's basically trying to say every moral judgment becomes male opinion mere human opinion if there is no uh, god that that uh, gives the the definition of what is right and wrong so somebody that says it is wrong to kill babies or to torture babies it will just be their opinion it will just be your opinion someone else can come and say it is my opinion that it is right to torture babies so i want to torture your babies now i think i have uh, tried to do justice to uh, to explaining what the argument is and emphasizing the points of the argument so i'll be talking about some problems that i see with the argument and uh, the first one is that the definition of objective morality as used in the argument i don't think such morality exists i don't think asking the question or i don't think asking the question uh is torturing babies right or wrong i don't think such question would make sense if babies don't exist or asking the question is it is it right to kill people i don't think such question would exist if human beings don't exist generally so morality we need to exist for morality as we understand it to exist so that is my first problem with the moral argument as i have stated it now another problem that is a quite serious one i think i take this one very serious is the euthyphro dilemma uh i'm just going i'm going to spell out the uh the euthyphro dilemma in case you want to go and uh read on it so the euthyphro dilemma is spelled e-u-t-h sorry let me go again euthyphro e-u-t-h-y-p-h-r-o uh dilemma is d-i-l-e-m-m-a everybody listening suppose you should know how to spell dilemma on a supposed to be spell dilemma by now <laughs> so yeah what is the euthyphro dilemma and it's just it's a question is actually from uh i think it's from plato so the question goes like this uh is is does god command something because it is good or is something good because god commands it that is how the question usually goes now if you look at let's take a look at the first option if you say uh if you say god commands something because it is good then it means things are good or bad independent of god and god simply just you can just say okay this one is good this one is bad then it tells human beings so human beings can actually find out what is good or bad independent of god so if you go with that option you uh the whole moral argument crumbles because it follows that okay god is not needed for human beings to actually tell what is good or bad the things are good or bad uh independent of god now the second option is that uh are things good or bad or is something good good to be specific because god commands it now if you say something is good because god commands it good or bad because god commands it then you are trying to say morality is arbitrary because uh god can he can god can command any random thing like eating beans god can say it is wrong to eat beans and eating beans suddenly becomes immoral for no reason except god said so 
or God can say it is uh, God can command the torture of babies and uh, it becomes the moral thing to do or the killing of babies and if we let's take the God of the Bible for instance now there are actually precedents for this if you read the Old Testament if you read the book of Leviticus you'll see that uh, uh, the Hebrew God has he once commanded the Israelites very gave them very mundane rules like they shouldn't put on clothes that are made of mixed fabrics they shouldn't eat some certain type of food that we all consider normal to eat today so you see those rules and you are wondering that what is the purpose of this type of rules and if you put yourself in that situation and you break one of those mundane rules it would have become immoral so what i'm trying to say is that uh using that the, the utiful dilemma actually stands because if you say what god commands things sorry things become good or bad because god commands them then it becomes arbitrary and even torturing babies can become a good thing or killing babies like like i covered in the uh, in the episode on old testament genocide you can actually see god commanding the killing of babies and the thieves would have to argue that that is a good thing to do so that is the utiful dilemma and uh to the um thieves have tried to give some responses to the utiful dilemma initially the arguments that these usually use when they talk about why uh why morality is linked to god is the is divine command theory and that is uh things are good or bad because god commands it and that's one that this is one of the things that the utiful dilemma tries to like uh argue against so in response to that the theists have tried to bring up a modified utiful dilemma uh, which simply says things are good because they flow from the nature of God and anything that is against the nature of God is bad. Of course, this doesn't really do anything to solve the utiful dilemma because you are just kicking the can backwards one step further. It's like you are, because you can still ask the same question. You can basically say, okay, are things good because they flow from the nature of God or do they flow from the nature of God because they are good? and it's the problem still stands so that is the two problems that i personally see with the uh, moral argument uh, that being said how can we uh, ground morality uh, without the existence of god how would we ground morality morality that it doesn't just um what can we use to actually ground objective morality and uh, what i would say is that i think uh, we humans have certain traits. We have certain things we desire as a species naturally. Uh, by definition, putting our hand in fire is something that is painful and undesirable to us. And we try to avoid it as much as possible. So, uh, naturally, we try to avoid pain and we try to seek pleasure. And that is just how we are. And... Uh, if we have concepts like well-being and unnecessary suffering like we can let's say we have a goal we have a goal that we want to achieve as a species or as a society we want to look for the way we can enhance our well-being as much as possible and reduce our suffering if we have that goal set down then we can actually evaluate actions that lead to that to those goals objectively this is very important it's like if you if we say okay want to live in a society whereby uh people are not just killed randomly or whereby we want to live in a society where it's, it is peaceful 
there is good health and things like that we wouldn't say okay pouring acid on everybody is the right way to achieve that objectively so that's how somebody like me sees morality i think it is a sort of once we have a goal a common goal then we can ground things that uh that takes us we can see things that objectively takes us to that goal and takes us away from that goal and that's how i i ground morality without involving any um sort of monotheistic god at least uh of course somebody can say okay but we have an intuitive feeling that like we have this strong feeling of it is wrong to do this it is we have the strong feeling of we want to do certain things like what is the what causes that feeling like like it's not possible that we how do i want to put this that what i'm describing doesn't sound like something that explains that strong innate feeling that we have like when we see a baby being killed or we see somebody innocent being punished we have this sense of justice what explains that like it's one that is can say the best explanation for that is god has created us and put that like um like the christians uh, have it in their scripture uh the lord has has written his laws on our heart on our heart rather so the thieves can say that is the best explanation for that and i have somebody that simply i accept evolution by natural selection i would have just said no that we have evolved um these things from we have evolved to have things like empathy and um, a sense of justice so that because we are a social species and this thing has helped us to cooperate better and survive to the states that we are in our modern day that's why we have these strong intuitions and that's what i would say to that uh of course there's there's still a lot of things to talk about on this um, moral argument concept but i just want to say what i have noticed so far is that any problem that you could uh, raise up with a moral system that doesn't involve god could be raised up in a moral system that involves god as well and um, I would read uh, a conversation I had with someone on Twitter to just show this point. Uh, so the person is, uh, the handle is Desic Loves Jesus. And we had a bit of back and forth. So she posted a tweet and uh, I commented on it and I'll read the tweet now. So she said, I have been talking to atheists literally all day. And 99% of the people I have talked to do not understand the difference between objective fact versus subjective opinion when it comes to humanity having value. They believe they matter but can't prove it from their position. So that was her, that was her initial post. She was trying, she's trying to say uh, if there is no God, then you can't justify the way human beings have, like we feel we have um, inherent value. And I replied her saying, you are asking if humans have value from a, sort, from a sort of cosmic perspective. And I don't believe so. The humans value, do humans have value to each other? Yes. And I think that is what matters. So my reply was that she's, the question is like, a question has the presupposition that the value, the value she's talking about is like a cosmic sort of value, like the universe values human beings specially. And of course, I don't believe that is the case. Uh, I'm not convinced that there is a God that created human beings. If Maybe if that's the case, then okay. 
but I'm not convinced that is what the case is. And I'm I've tried to tell her that, of course, I think human beings value each other, and that is what really matters if we want to uh, evaluate things that are that would call moral or immoral. Now she replies me saying, the problem is human feelings change. Many people don't value each other. Of course, this is true. I don't see anything. I think what she she has a very solid point. Like people can say they don't value somebody else. And my reply to her was that many people would still not value each other if we add value from a cosmic point of view, like you are suggesting. So I'm trying to say, even if there is a God that has created us and has put value on us, that it doesn't solve uh, the problem because many people would still not value each other. Now, this is her reply. She says, True, I am saying that if God exists, there is an actual reason to do so. We would actually have objective value. Objective value, rather. There is literally no reason stopping mass genocide from the atheist position. So she's saying, if uh, God exists, then we have real value. But from an atheist position, there is no real thing to stop uh, genocide. Uh, this is that. Uh, this is she's just trying to use the moral argument here. Now, I replied her by saying, "There are reasons stopping mass genocide from the atheist position." Uh, by atheist position, I I mean any worldview that doesn't presuppose the existence of a god. Uh, because there are some Buddhists that don't believe in God as well, so they would also take this atheist position that I'm talking about. Then I, I go on and say, they may not be satisfactory to you, but they are. That's the reasons not to commit genocide from an atheist position. Then I, I say, from atheist position, there is nothing stopping God from commanding mass genocide as well. And if he did it, it would be the moral thing to do in theism. I put that in brackets. And I'm just trying to say, even if God exists, there's really nothing that stops him from saying, okay, you people, go and wipe out all these people. And... I, this lady that I'm talking to is a Christian. So, even by our own worldview, yes, God has done that before. He has commanded people to go and commit what, what we would call genocide today. Now, she replies me by saying, True. Yeah, I want you to notice that she agrees with all the points that I make. He says, True. You have your subjective reasons. Fine. But no objective. She puts the objective in, um, in all caps. No objective reason to not kill people. You give people value. And people take value away. You giving someone value doesn't mean they have actual value. It's your opinion, your feeling. Someone can easily say they do not value you. And I go forward to reply with, with this. I say, I can't force someone to value me. And I am fine with that as long as they respect my autonomy. That's, they give me my space, my privacy. They don't try to come and violates my uh, my autonomy now this is <laughs> this is the last two tweets on the whole conversation and this is these are the most interesting parts of the whole thing she says tell that to someone with a gun who doesn't share your opinion that your life is valuable so she's trying to say if somebody wants to kill me and the person has a gun i should tell them that they should respect my my autonomy since they don't share that belief that my they don't have that opinion that my life is valuable. Now, I use the same problem that she raises up to answer again. I say, okay, when someone that doesn't share your belief in Jesus faces you with a gun and is about to shoot you, 
tell them that you have objective value from Yahweh. I ensure to put the objective in all caps. So she's trying to, she's trying to tell me that if somebody wants to kill me, I should be making my argument that they should respect my value, that I, I value myself. And the person, since the person doesn't um, have that belief that I have value, the person is going to kill me. And I told her the same thing that if somebody wants to kill you and the person doesn't have that belief that you were created in the image of God or that Yahweh created you with objective value, be making the argument to them. It doesn't stop them from killing you. So that's that's where she stopped replying me and I must confess I had a bit of fun doing that. So the whole point of reading this was just was just to try to show you that any problem that you could uh, raise up in a in a moral system that doesn't incorporate God, you can raise up the same problems with the uh, moral system that incorporates God as well. Finally, I want to talk about how I think we can solve some of these problems that uh, we face when it comes to the topic of grounding morality. Uh, I do agree that there are some problems and challenges we can face uh, when it comes to this topic. And I don't think um, grounding morality is something that is black and white. I think there's a lot of gray areas. But one system or one principle that we could use to evaluate the rules we uh, have for on things that we see as right and wrong uh, it is called the uh, the veil of ignorance and what you do in the veil of ignorance is simply this of course you have to start we all, we all have to like i said we all have to start with the uh with the foundation that we are trying to achieve the goal of minimizing unnecessary suffering and maximizing our well-being and when we start with that goal, then we can now apply the veil of ignorance. So what you do with the veil of ignorance is that you imagine that you are going to be born into a society. Uh, and you don't know who you are going to be born in that society as. You don't know if you are going to be born as somebody that is wealthy or someone that is a middle class or someone that, that, has, that, that takes in low income. Or you don't know if you are going to be born as, you don't know the race that you are going to be born as, maybe a black person or a white person. Or you don't even know if you are going to be born with a certain type of disability. Now, the the point is to try to try to make up rules that no matter the uh the, the the circumstance that you find yourself in that society, no matter the person that you are born as, you are not going to have rules that are going to be detrimental to you. You are you are going to make up rules that are going to treat you fairly, no matter the type of person you uh you end up in that society. Now, when you use such type of rule, it's going to, when you use that principle, it helps, it helps us to like reduce our bias because a lot of times there's this tendency of human beings to uh, make up, especially when it comes to legal rules that we make up as, as a society, we make up rules that are unfair to a minority, to a minor set of people and just because it favors us, we don't really see that it is unfair to them. So when we use the veil of ignorance, it really helps to solve this problem all right that is all i have to say on the uh, moral argument and um, of course i would be talking about this argument in subsequent uh, episodes probably uh, thank you for listening as usual i would like to listen to your comments if you have any arguments against what i have said i would like to listen to them all right thank you for listening continue to try to understand the other side and bye for now.